everybody. Welcome to the Midweek Podcast once again. It's uh, Josh and Carl. Carl's here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We should we should start a like a, a shopping show, <laughs> fashion show. Um, sure. Pot, let's do it. You're after the, right when we're done this one. Let's try. No, let's do it. <laughs> okay. You don't have to accommodate my stupid ideas, okay? <laughs> and today we're in Genesis 32, verses uh, 22 to 32. This is the story of Jacob wrestling with God. And uh, Pastor Marvin, I think, did an incredible job of setting up the story and just how Jacob is the ultimate swindler. And he gets swindled by his own father-in-law, but then he swindles his father-in-law and eventually it just goes south. It's bad. He leaves and he gets to this point where he's about to meet his brother, Esau, again. Uh, but Esau's coming at him with 400 uh, men, which... <laughs> it's quite a statement. Right. And he sends off these messengers. Like, yeah. Let's see where he's at. Yeah. Oh, he's coming at you with, three, with you know, 400 men. Oh. Oh, oh this yeah. is uncomfortable. Uh, and right before, the night before the, uh, the meeting with his brother, he ends up having this moment where he's wrestling with this person he doesn't know, realizes it's God. At first, he's trying to get away, but when he realizes it's God, he, he's trying to hold him to, tr- to get a blessing mm-hmm. from him, which ultimately is a symbol for just kind of the way Jacob was. He was a, he was a flight guy, but when he thought he could get something out of it, he would fight and like the whole idea of wrestling is ultimately it's you're trying to manipulate somebody's body into doing what it is that you want to do to bring them to submission. Right. Right. And so it's, it's really a symbol for the way he would use people, the way that he would treat people and God ends up knocking his, uh, his hip out of place and God wins. And ultimately at the end of it, and I think Marvin really brought this out really well was that Jacob won because God won. He lost the fight but ultimately he wins because he loses and he changes. He becomes mm-hmm. somebody completely different and leaves a legacy for not only a nation uh, like Israel, but ultimately for us in terms of, you know, what it looks like. And, and I, I love the fact that Marvin said, you know, the beauty of the text is that it never just shows all the pretty stuff. Yeah. yeah. It shows the messy, deceptive, manipulative people um, like Jacob and how they can ultimately change. So, so I guess the question is, what do you think about this whole wrestling thing? When you were listening to Marvin talk, like what really struck out, what, what really stuck out to you? Yeah. I mean, initially um, just obviously that with the setup, you know, it was, he was literally had, he had nowhere to go, had nothing left. Mm So, and again, so for me, I was found it interesting to see where God inserted himself in, in the process. And mm-hmm. at this point it was, he really had stuck between a rock and a hard place, yeah. had no real option. Um, I mean, and then the, the other thing too is, is with this whole wrestling thing, um, is it, it's interesting that that's how God chose to, to bring to bring him to his knees basically yeah, yeah. Um, because obviously that the wrestling all night I mean God is God he could have vaporized him in an instant absolutely so I find it interesting that for him it was for God it was this process because obviously he wasn't 
legitimately trying to win for a night of wrestling. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, I'm doing this as a part of a process for your sake. Um, so it, I, I thought that was interesting because, um, you know, obviously it was what, what Jacob needed to, um, to come to the place that he needed to be. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but just that for one, it took all night. Yeah. Um, and then, and then basically God's like, okay, I've had enough. And then just, you know, done what he could have done (laughs) in the first 10 seconds of, of the, of the fight. So for me, I think obviously as with most things, um, the way God works is in that process. So for me, that wrestling is a process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a prof that says, uh, Paul Magnus, his name is, he's like the head of the leadership department at Briarcrest for mm. the graduate studies. He says all the time, uh, let the process do the heavy lifting. Mm. And mm. as much as like, it's true, I struggle with it. Cause I like, for me, I'm so results based. If there's an idea of something needs to get done. Let's just go do it. Like why, why do we have to process out how to do it? <laughs> and, and actually like the thing that I've learned from Paul is ultimately the process matters because you can get to the end result and have all this great stuff happen or, you know, whatever bad stuff happen, but it's the, how to get there, the journey, getting there, the thinking through the process, mm-hmm. like what's needed to actually shape who you are to get to that end result so that it's sustainable and good. Like to me, I struggle with that idea overall. And I think because like the wrestle piece, mm-hmm. I'm a, I don't know. I always find myself wrestling. And I, I hate the wrestle because I just want to get to the other side of the wrestle and get exactly what it is we're supposed to be doing here. But the the way God, I think, processes out me is that he does pin me down and say, I want you to learn this lesson. Right. And it's painful and it's awful and it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. But at the same time, I need it. And my will versus God's will versus what like I think I should want and all those other stuff. Like ultimately at the end of the day, my first reaction is not necessarily, well, I want what God wants for me. Yeah. Lots of times it's, I want what I want for me. And I end up in this struggle with, with God and he, I know he's going to win, but for some reason I still engage it. Yeah, because I mean, even for for Jacob, he rec- he he realized at one point who he was fighting with, right. and he continued like he continued that. It wasn't as though he's like, all right, I should just give up. Because, oh man, I've heard stories about yeah. this guy. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't that. It <laughs> right. was very much. Oh, no. it's God. Oh well, I'm going to choose to do that. And right. I think in that story, we missed that a lot of the times that he chose to continue to fight even after he knew who he's fighting. Yeah, and we do that. Yeah, but why? Yeah, maybe, maybe we think we're more special, more, our, our fight is more unique than someone else's or, um, because yeah, I think, I mean, I think we, we tell ourselves all sorts of things about how valid our struggle is and how, how, you know, how God should actually conform to our struggle rather than us being conformed to his. And do you feel like, or do you think that in the church specifically, we have this sense of false humility, 
where we we act like, oh, well, you know, I don't think I'm better than anybody else, or I don't think, you know, I don't think much of myself or whatever. But when you get to the nitty gritty of you and God, and you want what you want, and God wants what he wants, lots of the times, the reason why we struggle is because, like, as much as you might put off this idea of humble humility, we're all, at some point, we all choose to just wrestle God. Yeah. And so, which ultimately is pride. It is. I mean, and that, and for me, I know for, yeah, for me, I've always thought it's, it's not about thinking less of yourself. It's mm-hmm. thinking about yourself less. That's mm-hmm. actual humility. So for me, I think, yeah, it looks, it comes in different forms and it, it may not be as um, overtly aggressive, but I think that, I think right. that we are guilty of those things in either sort of extreme. W- would you say that? insecurity is a form of pride well it has to be because then if you i mean again you're not resting in who you are Mm -hmm. in christ and um wanting to take that for yourself so it's again it's a focus on you and Mm -hmm. again i think still any focus on you whether it be an overconfidence or an underconfidence is still pride because you're not accepting who you are because I think that's interesting because the thing is we have this grace for people who are insecure, but we have a hard time with people who are arrogant or outrightly, like outrightly prideful. Yeah. Like people that are like, man, I'm awesome at this. I'm amazing. I'm all this other stuff. There, there's a huge turnoff mm-hmm. and I'm talking church context already. And oh, for and, sure. And I, and I think, and I think culturally too, but especially, so, right. But somebody who says, man, I just, I'm not good at anything. I don't have anything that I can offer. I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm so glad that you, you found what you're supposed to be doing, but you know, I don't know if there's much that I can be doing. Like we have this almost pity and grace for that. Whereas if it was the complete opposite, we'd be like, whoa, whoa, you're an arrogant jerk. Nobody wants to hang out with you. You're <laughs> awful. But an insecure person, we coddle sure. and we're like, oh man, that's so, and yet like they're both pride. It is. It is. And God is still wrestling with both of them yeah. to conform because, I mean, that's just the thing is I think, I think where, the, where we're supposed to be is not something so easily definable either. Yeah. Um, Cause again, those other, you can identify those people in a crowd, but mm. when it's, um, I think when, when we're, are where we're supposed to be, it's again, a lot less clear. I think that's kind of a trend. I think mm-hmm. of a lot of our talks here, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's a lot muddier than I thought it would be. Well, I think it's very messy. Like yeah. we, we love to act like, and I, I think this is part of the, the, the church conversation, you know, over the last 50 years, there, uh, everybody was so about black and white. Yeah. And as much as there are black and white things, especially in, in the biblical text, I think there are other things that are very gray. And it is hard to navigate sometimes because, you, I mean, how, how do you do it without, um, you know, offending one person or offending another person or feeling like you're lesser than or, you know, having self-righteous people really think that you're, uh, that you're compromising because you're not taking a, a black or white stance on something. You're not looking at it from a black or white, uh, you know, lens that you're actually looking at the nuances. And I think a lot of life is nuance. I think a lot of it is balance and a lot of the, even the theological fights we have in the church, you know, like you'll take, there were, I mean, there was a, there was a fight, you know, when I was, was when I was in college, it was about one atonement theory versus the other. Like, 
you know, Jesus is the ultimate victor of everything. And the other one was, well, he was our substitute. And they're fighting on which one is better. And you're like, isn't it both? <laughs> isn't it, like, I, I, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I, I get, but our, it, isn't, isn't it big enough to have different angling on it so that we can look at the beauty on both sides and work through the nuances of it in, in the middle? Like, there has to be the tension points. And I think, like, Scripture is full of tension. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Well, and I think that's too, I mean, as it's only been as I've done up my own wrestling, realizing mm-hmm. how, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a progression. It's not a, not a fixed, fixed thing, I think. And, uh, um, so for me, it is hard. Like I, I've, I've become far less willing to judge someone else's struggle yeah. or wrestling yeah. time um because because of that and i think that i don't think it's becoming you know wishy-washy on theology i think it's just acknowledging mm-hmm. that so yeah i mean and so so yeah so i think um i mean even for jacob there was there was a shift in his reasoning for for wrestling and mm-hmm. um and i don't think that was a surprise to god either no. so uh, although i do again as, as an aside i what like what would what was Jacob thinking like in the that night? I just think that's really strange that a guy would come out and then hey I'm going to wrestle you. It's very much an aside, but yeah. there's enough there's enough in the Old Testament that is strange. But <laughs> I just thought that was, I mean obviously there's there's you know a you know an illustration there that we can connect with like a wrestling. But mm-hmm. no, this was actually physically wrestling, which is yeah. very strange. But that's very much an aside. But to to that point though, the very fact that God was the initiator of the wrestling. Yeah. Like how often do we think that? Yeah. We always put ourselves as the wrestle as as the initiator to the wrestling. Yeah. Oh, well I'm, you know, I'm wrestling with God on this one. I mean, it's, it is a very common cliched sure. thing that people say. Yeah, it is. But when you look at the and you look at this, it's God who's initiating the wrestling for Jacob's good hmm. and his change. And I think we downplay that. That's true. That God you know, especially especially in certain you know types of churches, we don't like talking about the sovereignty of God. Yeah. And here, God sovereignly is wrestling Jacob to literally the ground so that he can get what he wants from him. Right. And it takes the wrestle. And um, yeah, it was very interesting. It is because again, as we talked about earlier, because he could have just bent him to his will instantly. Yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously, we're built for a different a different way so and i think obviously that brings him more glory when when we when we figure that out through a process but does does that not speak to how much god wants to be part of people's lives Mm. yeah and he's not waiting uh he's not waiting for us to get it figured out and then he's like, okay, when you've got, when you've got all the rest, we've got that, when you, you know, we've got to figure it out, come to me and, yeah. and then we can talk. Um, and no, I mean, wrestling all night. I mean, I just can't imagine that's a long time. And yeah. so it's, it's God, he's got, he's got some patience and I mean, I'm, I am living proof of that patience, but, um, but yeah, he, he's, he's not waiting for us to, to figure it out and then, and then come back to, you know, come back to me when you've got it figured out. He's he's there through and, it, and which really I think for me is a beautiful idea that God is so about changing us 
to look more like Jesus, that he's not waiting around for us to just figure junk out mm-hmm. here and there, that yeah. he's like in the process, that he's actually, you know, calling us out on stuff and taking the time to wrestle with us all night long yeah. about things yeah. or for years, yep. for years about stuff. And, yep. you know, at the end, it's still it, like the thing with the, the, his, his hip being thrown out of the socket, it's violent. Mm-hmm. It leaves a mark. It's, but, it's, it's a scar. It, and like, I, I can't remember the last time I didn't wrestle with the Lord, whether it was initiated by him or me or whatever, where I left it the same. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've always left with a limp. I've always left with the scar. I've always left with, you know, uh, something. And that I think that takes away the, the cute blue eyed blonde haired Jesus that, you know, Definitely. pets lambs all day. Definitely. Plays, you know, plays with children. Like, Oh, Hey kids. Like sometimes I feel like we, we, we picture Jesus as Mr. Dressed up or Fred Penner. Fred Penner's a better one. <laughs> he's got a beard. He does. You know, like he's taking out his guitar and word bird is coming and everything's good. And you know, like I, like I, I think there's, there's a, there's more of a rawness, more of a, more of a, uh, a grit yeah. to it all. Yeah. No, it's, it's a crazy story. It is a yeah. crazy story. Well, I think as you process the story for those listening, I think a few questions that you need to ask yourself and maybe even ask the group together is, you know, I, I would love if you shared a story of a time where you actually wrestled with God, whether initiated by him or you were struggling with something and, uh, you know, uh, what did that process look like for you and how, how did it work out? Like what, what was it at the end that, uh, that caused God to win out or are, are you still in the middle of it? The other thing is, you know, how, how do you actually work through in your head the fact that God wants your betterment to the point of where he's not going to stay silent. He is not going to be, you know, the parent on the side, just kind of watching and waiting for you to make bad decisions or whatever, that he's actually in the process of changing you to look more like Jesus. What does that make you feel? And has that been a truth in your own life? And think about even the the promise of Christ that we are not alone, that he's given us the spirit as a comforter, but also as a counselor, meaning that you need things to be counseled in your life. And so what, what does that look like? How, how has that worked itself out for you? Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, just work that out together as a group. And if you're uh, an individual person listening to this, man, I would love if you work that out with, between you and the Lord. So anyway, that's uh, that's the episode for today. Hope that you, you enjoyed it. If you're looking for any other episodes, go to elamchurch.podbean.com. You can download them all there. You can also go to iTunes and uh, search up Elam Church, and we are there, and you can download all the episodes that have come. And if you are just kind of wondering anything about Elam, you know, what's what, what's gone on, what's happening this summer, go to www.elamchurch.ca, and we'd be more than happy to to connect with you. You can also check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, all the things that the kids are, are doing today. We're on. You like that, eh? I do. <laughs> the kids. The kids. Anyway, Carl and I are out. Thanks for another great conversation, Carl. It's awesome. All right. See you next week.